What running back sounds like he's plummeting toward round two of the NFL draft? What wide receiver should be you, you be looking at in your dynasty league after the big three? And what dynasty draft prop bets have we cooked up for you this evening? Plus, 2016 FFPC Dynasty 500 number eight champion Terry Simonson joins us to discuss the success he's enjoyed in the FFPC and how trading those coveted rookie picks away helped him to a high-stakes title. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands. So I dig into my pocket all my money spent. So I just deep up. Still coming up for lunch. So I start my mission. Leave my residence. Thinking how I could I get some dead presidents. I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com and the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, will Christian McCaffrey be the first running back off the board tomorrow? What side of the NFL draft prop bet should you be on? In an interview with FFPC 500 number 8 Dynasty winner Terry Simonson on how he got it done and what prospects he's looking at for his 112 rookie draft pick. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Terry Simonson is on Twitter at T-S-I-M-Y, that's T-S-I-M-E. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour 2. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Get those questions to us now. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, will get those questions to us later on in the show after we speak with uh, Terry Simonson about his success in his high-stakes victory last year. We are celebrating a victory tonight because, once again, we have made it alive and mostly well to the cusp of the NFL draft for yet another year, Dave Gerzak. And here we are. It starts tomorrow. It's, it's weird because the Fantasy Sports Radio Network people are going to be listening to this on Saturday, so we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff that is you know, they know have already happened. And of course, anybody who's downloading it later is going to be like, what the hell are these guys talking about? This has happened. And we will be in Chicago partying it up with Andrew Howard, Jack Hahn, Tupacker, and the like. It'll be great. You excited? I'm really excited, actually, because now I know that, you know, in the past couple of years, we'd go down and it would be really cold. Oddly enough, it'd be cold. It always was cold, yeah. And then we'd have to sit outside, and it kind of sucked a little bit. You know, it was fun, and it sucked, and it was fun, and it sucked. And then afterwards, it was really fun. Yeah. Now we just do the fun part. Right. And the warm part. The fun and the warm. Yeah. That's good. So it'll be uh, early morning driving down to Chicago. and uh, we'll For be... no reason, even though the draft's in Philly. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know how we 
you know, landed Mike, on this. But Sue Packer talked us into it. Yeah, I guess he did. It doesn't take much. I wish I could talk him into a Martavis Bryant trade. More on that later. <laughs> Maybe. I he don't know. He's been talking about that forever. Yeah, I think it's dead. I think I think Martavis Bryant is, is going to be on my squad this year. The main event early bird time is ticking away. The end of May is your deadline to make sure that you get $100 off your uh, first main event team for that. Dave, additional teams, 250 off, is that correct, or is it 200 uh, I always forget, 250 so okay. 1500 bucks. So 250 off each additional team after that. Register for uh, your Planet Hollywood room rate discount right now. You can check out the FFPC forums uh, on the uh, FFPC website for your discount code there. You can click through. Uh, live high-stakes leagues, of course, going on out in Vegas as well. Those are uh, filling up fast. Once again, they filled up fast last year. They're going uh, at a, the same rate or faster this year. Dynasty startups, of course, kick off uh, in two and a half weeks, roughly. Yeah, May 13th is when most of them are starting. There's a couple spots open. Well, actually, there's spots in the, let's see, $77 now. Yep. Two fifty, and then those are the ones going May thirteenth, and then we right. have higher stakes leagues that are going a couple weeks after that. Yeah, May twenty seventh, and then uh, June tenth. I want to say are, are the other ones something like that. Yeah, something like that. So check that out at myffpc.com. Of course, you want to do any DEs, classics, super flexes. They are going on tonight, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every single night this weekend. Actually, I don't think they're going on Saturday. They're not going on tomorrow. They're not going on Friday. There's the draft. We're not doing. No, any- there's live sats scheduled. Live Saturday. Yes, absolutely are. Oh. Did you not read the FFPC email that went out today? Yes, you know, I did read it. I just didn't show it. And, and since Bulky did it, I'm sure it was wrong. So I just assumed it was wrong. Did you get the word please spelled correctly? Yeah, I fixed that. I got that fixed. <laughs> you added the Don't e. Don't worry about that. I added the E, yeah. Um, I want to thank uh, Roto World and Rob uh, for tonight's rundown. Once again, check out all those leagues at mine. Don't be ashamed, Bulky. Everybody makes mistakes on, like, sewing stuff. No, I'm not ashamed. But I mean, I am a I am a journalism major. I I should be able to handle these. Do you do, do you have Grammarly? Do you ever use Grammarly? No, I don't. It's it's G R. I mean, you know, it's spelled grammar yeah. and then L Y. Yeah. It's like a Chrome extension, and there's a page. What? There. It's a Chrome extension? Yeah, it's free. Shut up! Yeah, I got to totally. start using this. Though. Yeah, it's totally free. And then if you, so, you know, Grammarly's not paying us. It's a Chrome extension. It's free. And then I think there is a a pay service if you want like the super good super how to write. You know, it'll fix your sentence structure. The Eric, this would be great for the me. Eric Balkman edition. It doesn't teach me to speak more properly, but you know that's okay. So what does it actually do in Chrome then? It'll it'll turn everything you know like if you have like what I, one of my problems. When so I write what do you do? Do you just copy and paste text into the? No, it'll it'll like as you're typing something, it'll it'll notice when. Oh, it's... because I'm typing. I got gotcha. you. I'm I are stupid. Now I, I figured it out. I, I tend to put too many commas into sentences. Yeah. So then. It's telling me remove comma. <laughs> you know, and I'm the exact opposite. And that's probably why I took out the E of please is because, in, you know, I was always taught write short, write concise, get rid of all the extra stuff. And yeah. sometimes I take care of the necessary stuff and get it right out yeah, of it. Yeah, don't there. need that extra E. Yes, definitely don't. Uh, breaking news into the show tonight, Dave. Yes. Marvin. The Raiders have acquired oh. running back Marshawn Lynch oh my goodness. and a 2018 sixth-round pick from Seattle in exchange for a fifth-round pick next year, this according to Jay Glazer. On Twitter, Lynch was in Oakland today to take his physical, which obviously we're, we're all hoping, especially me, uh, that he passes. Uh, he has been uh, pretty healthy throughout his career, so we don't, and he's had a That's year a off. So on the trade. Don't anticipate. Uh, I think there's, uh, you know, they didn't want to do anything in 2017 because you don't know what Marshawn Lynch is capable of. So these were both 2018. I would have only picks. done this deal if I was Seahawks because that's such a minuscule trade as if I would have called no tradebacks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no tradeback. Lynch getting a two-year deal. It's 
it was insane. I, I don't have the figures in front of me here, but I, I thought it was like nine million was like the base, and it was worth up to like twelve and a half million in incentives, something like that. It was no insane. Way. Yeah, it was crazy. The deal? Go to Roto World. I and, thought it was. I no, thought they were talking about three million to start. This, I thought they were talking exactly about the numbers we were talking about yeah. this week. Oh, maybe I don't know. Go to Roto World right now and and, and search for Lynch, and that should be the latest update on there. Uh, anyway, Marshawn Lynch, uh, he actually just celebrated his 31st birthday. He will be running behind one of the top uh, offensive lines in the NFL, a very, very significant uh, improvement from the line he was running behind uh, in Seattle in 2015. So very good news for, uh, for me as well, because if Marshawn Lynch does indeed come back, it is going to be a, a banner day for me tying up the board. Uh, base the, of I got $9 million, Base dude. of $9 million, yeah. He's the agent. That's amazing. He's the, he's the man. He is the man. So Marshawn Lynch back in Oakland. I don't, this is almost like cheating to me. I'm going okay. tell me this isn't cheating. Does the Seahawks give him away to the Raiders? It's like a, a guy that's getting $9 million, they just give him away for like nothing? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they get a pick, but and they had to give up a pick too. So <laughs> they essentially okay. moved up a round yeah, like from the 6th to the 5th. Yeah. 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 That's, dude, that's not that's, – that's BS. I well, we'll, we'll see what happens. BS on that. 31-year-old running back with a lot of tread on his tires, and they do have two young guns still, behind okay, him. If, yeah, that's fine. But if they're going to pay him $9 million, they, better, they should pay up on the trade a little bit. Yeah, well, that's, you make a fair point, my friend. Uh, prior to Oakland reaching that agreement with uh, Marshawn Lynch, draft analyst Tony Pauline was actually told by a Raiders source that Oakland expected Florida State running back Dalvin Cook to still be on the board when they came on the clock <laughs> at 24th overall. That source also said Oakland had no interest in selecting Dalvin Cook there and felt that Joe Mixon was, quote, the wiser choice. Wow. Tony Pauline also said Yikes. the point was not that the Raiders would draft Mixon, but rather that Dalvin Cook's injuries and uh, his alleged off-the-field issues are greater risks than drafting Mixon. This not is – He fumbles a lot, no offense. What? Cook fumbles a lot. Yeah, yeah, he he did. One every sixty-three he, carries. He did have some butterfingers on some on some catches too, which was really annoying. Wow. Uh, the uh, Tony uh, draft analyst Tony Pauline actually predicts that Dalvin Cook will be in round two of the NFL draft. Dave Myers bet Myers bet is looking worse and worse. Very very unfortunate for uh, two Packer. I do believe he will be buying you dinner uh, Friday night. I have McCaffrey. He has Dalvin. And it's just whoever gets drafted first. Yeah. You know, at the time we made the, the wager, it was a, there was some discussion as to, you know, I thought I was, I felt very confident that it was definitely trending my direction, but I didn't yeah. think it would go quite this, this far. I don't know if you saw this, uh, what Tupacker's been tweeting out, but it's just, and it's just all gobbledygook, but the, the, the four words that keep coming up again and again over the last, I would say, 12 hours, Christian, McCaffrey, diluted, sample. So I just, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if, if Tupacker is getting this information yeah, somewhere, trying to, spread it. trying to train wreck Christian McCaffrey so that uh, he can enjoy some lobster on you uh, Friday night. You know, so, I almost did as many bench press reps close grip the other day as McCaffrey did. So <laughs> yeah. My three cone's not so good, though. Yeah, probably isn't. You also have a little bit more tread on your tires than McCaffrey. I probably outweigh him by about 20 pounds right now. I do believe that might be true as well. Hey, uh, percentage. Hell, man? Say, well, listen, McCaffrey <laughs> looks great. What does he weigh? Oh, look like crap. What does he weigh? 160? 165? <laughs> He's 202. Oh, well, then there's no way you outweigh him by 20 pounds. <laughs> Listen, um, percentage chance Dalvin Cook gets drafted on day two right now? 30? 35? I would say it's higher, actually. I would say it's probably 70. 70%? Yeah. Holy cats. Well, you know, maybe. You know, this is funny. These people are going to rip on me because he gets drafted. Right. You know, 
there's been talk, a lot of talk about the Buccaneers drafting him at 19, right? Yeah. But beyond that. And then we also heard Jack today that Tampa's trying to look to trade down. Now everybody's looking to trade down, yeah, by the course, way. That's the trendy thing. Yeah. I, th- I think he's 60%. 60. Yeah. Is, isn't that what you would feed reporters, by the way? I would, I would have five bucks to cook those in a second. You want to do five? Uh, five dollars. Yeah, let's do that. I'll do that. Okay, so I got five. You're an FSU fan. Yeah, yeah, I got five on Dalvin Cook still going in the first round. I'll take five on Cook going in the second round or later. That'll be a good one. Well, boy, a lot of Dalvin Cook action going on between the three of us here. (laughs) Yeah. Dalvin first, second. Okay. Um, isn't that what you would, if you're a GM or a source, as it were, wouldn't you be feeding reporters? We're looking to trade down. We're looking to trade down. Just put out as many lines as possible and see who bites it and see if you can get, actually get a deal. Because to me, if you're trading down, if you're saying you want to trade down right now, you're saying there's nobody that we really like. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's, we, we so would pursue it's, it's a lie. So then that yeah. means that there must be somebody you like. Right. That's what I'm thinking. I feel like the Patriots do the best job of this, and this year it doesn't matter as much because of the trade trades and stuff, but – it, they just don't say anything, and they never let anything leak. It's it's like Belichick's can, like, I will murder you and yeah. your, your family if you say anything can, about the draft. Can I tell you why New England screws with so many people at huh. this time of year? They just they're completely honest. Like you you ask them about like a player, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, we we think he's a really good football player, and then that's it, and they they'll believe that, but then that because they're the Patriots, it gets all analyzed and dissected yeah. to death, so. I think some the truth might be the way to go. I mean, I totally agree because nobody believes nobody believes you would be. Yeah, if Tampa Bay liked Dalvin Cook at 19. They should leak it out. We like Dalvin Cook yeah, at 19. We are enamored yeah. with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So if you want him, you better trade ahead of him. That's exactly and then right. Just take him. And no, and no, yeah, and uh, and then trade down and and draft you know Mixon <laughs> and getting like an extra third round pick or whatever it is, yeah. second round pick. NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah said he would not be surprised if Christian McCaffrey goes off the board. Biff. Four! Dude, the number eight pick. Number eight pick was highlighted by Jeremiah since Carolina has been frequently mentioned as uh, in, in many mock drafts in the Twitterverse and draft Twitter uh, that uh, the Panthers are targeting McCaffrey. Their Roto World's Josh Norris suggested early yesterday that the Chargers could be a potential destination at seven for Christian McCaffrey. Daniel Jeremiah's quote, here's the thing with McCaffrey. Even teams with established running backs love him. They can use him so many ways. That makes sense for San Diego. It makes sense for Carolina. It makes sense for a lot of people. I saw a mock today, and I can't remember who wrote this. It was somebody from Fantasy Pros. Ah, damn it. I, it drives me nuts when I can't attribute this. Yeah, I believe he had – No, maybe it wasn't Fantasy Pros mock draft. Anyway, I saw a mock draft today. Number two overall, San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey. What? Yes. No way. I am not even kidding. That's what I saw today. It's just craziness, the, the McCaffrey love. Yeah, so can I – okay. Can I tout my uh, my football guys post a little bit here? Are you looking for it? I'm finding it. Don't worry about it. Okay, so March 18th. This is back whenever. This is over a month ago, about five weeks ago. Just o- over five weeks ago. I post on footballguys.com. Given that, one, the McCaffrey threat is getting the most post-action interest of all the 2017 prospects. Two, McCaffrey had the best combine of all the running backs and receivers. Three, there's been a lot of NFL chatter of McCaffrey moving up and getting drafted earlier. Four, Dalvin Cook, bad combine. Corey Davis didn't participate. Mike Williams did little. Um, and then number five, he's only one of the top five or six players trending up. Six, no injury history. Seven, amazing numbers. Eight, incredible work ethic. Has been set in nine. It's been said his pass catching is so strong that he could be at a wide receiver. So he's PPR gold. And then 10, all it takes is one person out of 12 that likes McCaffrey. Either just draft him or move ahead of you to get him. 
And I said, my final, like, summing it up, thinking one can get McCaffrey at the 105 to 106 once the actual rookie drafts roll around is wishful thinking. That's because at the time... Powerful was, words. Yeah, 105 and 106, I think, was where he was drafted in the football guy's mock. And then this total dickhead, Hank Moody, hey, sorry. Uh, but why do you... Don't name drop. Whatever. He goes, this is so wrong. It's not far-fetched at, the, at, at, at all that McCaffrey could be there. Plenty of other guys have good things going for them. It's entirely likely he's not a top-four pick. He's not in my top four. And then he, by the way, like a couple days ago, he backtracked on the whole thing and said he's moving up to 102. I already moved up to 102. <laughs> I moved up to 102 right around that time. I moved up to 102 in another league. And now I'm not going to get him at 102 in some leagues. He might go at 101. He might go at 101. Um, I'm so annoyed at that, but I'm glad we made that prognostication. Hopefully our listeners are moving up on the way, on the way up. Well, I'm glad you called them out on the show. So uh, <laughs> He doesn't listen to the show. He by the way, is your avatar on the football guy's message board Shad Khan? Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, Shad Jack, Khan. Jack, I, I, Jacksonville I, I, owner? Yeah, kind of like That's him. funny. Just say Hank Moody's fine. He's a good good guy. All right. So Hank Moody's fine, and so is Terry Simonson, who we have coming up in just a couple of minutes here. Last thing I want to get to before we get to Terry. Uh, the NFL conditionally reinstated suspended Steelers receiver. Gordon? Martavis Bryant. Steelers receiver. What, do you still own Gordon in any dynasty leagues? Well, yeah, I'm a bag holder. Oh, my couple, God. That's, that's not even a bag holder. That's like a pouch. Actually, that's a pouch holder. I drafted Gordon a couple years ago in a startup in like the 13th, yeah. so it's okay. Anyway, this is uh, Bryant's second NFL suspension that he has been re- reinstated from. 407 days long. Think of the guys who did not come back uh, after uh, getting indefinitely banned. Justin Blackman, Darrell Washington, who actually I think was just reinstated after three years. And Josh Gordon, the aforementioned Josh Gordon, failed to make it back. Uh, Bryant, looking good, ahead of the curve. Uh, He uh, is obviously only one mistake away from being permanently ineligible. So you are walking on thin ice if you own him in Dynasty. Dude, the thing that's crazy is this is all pot. Looking at me. You know, these guys are getting suspended for weed, and it's like pot is legal in a bunch of states. Now. Yeah. You know, the NFL is like, they're like in the, they're in the leave it to beaver times, right, is where they're at right now with their drug policy. Go ahead. 25 years old, 14 touchdowns in 21 career games, a career average of 17.3 yards per catch. And the rumor is that he's bulked up 15 to 20 pounds of muscle. I saw a picture of him looking really good. Good. Yeah, and which is tough to do when you're, you know, away from the team and away from the facilities. Plus, he's not getting the munchies because he's yeah, that's, that's that's another thing, too. I'll trade you for Bryant. You know what? We should do you're, a trade for Martavis Bryant just to spite Tupac. Let's do it in the car okay. down tomorrow. Okay, we can do that. Um, although We're I do, keeping Terry Simonson off the Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you and I are going to settle on something. And Meyer calls it the endowment effect, whatever. His offers got progressively worse, but mine got progressively better. <laughs> we were both moving in the same direction. Well, Brian's value should go up a little bit because of the reinstatement, so I'll grant you that. Yeah, but even after the reinstatement, we couldn't get anything. We couldn't get any headway going. Anyway, let's get some headway going into this break. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Coming up next, FFPC Dynasty 500 number 8 League Champion, Terry Simonson, coming at you. We're going to preview the NFL draft. We're going to talk about the uh, rookies and maybe some veteran discussion as well. This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. NFL Draft Weekend has arrived. Thank you if you are listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network of our show right now. We recorded this Wednesday night because uh, myself, Eric Balkman, and Dave Gerzak will be down in Chicago taking in the uh, draft festivities from a uh, – what's the name of the bar? Timmy O'Toole's? Is that what it is? Timmy O'Toole's. Yeah, right. so we'll be watching there and then – You know, it's okay to listen – by the way, the other day I was I listened to uh, Casey Kasem from 1983 yeah. in the Top 40 Countdown. Yeah. So if you can, if I can listen to something that old and listen to Duran Duran's Rio, 
you can listen to a show that's a couple days old. Yeah, you definitely can. And uh, let's face it, uh, Gerzak has a better voice than Casey Kasem. Oh, my God. His voice is so great, isn't it? Yeah, it is fantastic. You know, he was actually the voice of Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo yeah, I, did, I didn't know that. I suppose I got everybody I say that to now I already know it, so I got to find well, some I'm material. Well, I'm super old. When I went home from grade school, I used to watch Scooby-Doo. I ain't far behind you, my friend. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Let's bring in tonight's guest. He started playing fantasy football back in the mid-1990s. Hey, that's when I started playing. Uh, the FFPC was his first foray into Dynasty and High Stakes three years ago. And the first thing he did in his Dynasty League, trade Jimmy Graham in a tight end premium league. Always a good decision, Dave. Uh, he, <laughs> he works uh, for a liquor distributor, so he spends a lot of time on the road indulged in podcasts, hopefully including this one. You can follow him on Twitter at T-S-I-M-Y, coming straight out of Wisconsin Dells. Welcome aboard, nice. Terry Simonson. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Hey, thanks from the water park capital of the world. It really is. It, did you ride in on a go kart? Yeah. Did you have to ride around on those? Or just all did, did you come down like what's what's the big? Is it the big Kahuna that's at Noah's Ark? The yeah. big huge slide. I'm sure he drives around in a duck all the time. Yeah. He just goes in the river oh, when he wants to. I, that's what I would be doing. <laughs> hey, first job in high school was big chief go karts. That's awesome. That's, that's that would be a great job. To throw people so like you just put the kids in there and you like go nuts, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I'll be back after when the you, theater. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> When you uh, when was the last time you were at a water park, Dave? How long has it been? Okay, well I'm Norwegian and super pale, so doesn't, it's been like a couple decades. Well, listen, that doesn't listen. I'm I, I'm, I'm conscientious about my paleness, boss. I'm Czechoslovakian German, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm a different shade of white. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, so I, but it has been a long time. I got to get back down to uh, to Wisconsin Dells. Uh, in fact, the last time I was there was I think for a bachelor party, which was also a fantastic place to have a bachelor party. Let's uh, get on here and uh, talk to Terry. Terry, we'll get into fantasy football in a second. You uh, are, are a liquor distributor for a living. Tell us a little bit about what that's like and, and what, uh, what your day-to-day is like there. Yeah, so I'm pretty much on the road every day, checking out bars and restaurants, running the routes, making sure they're all stocked up and running specials with our brands. What brands do you rep, just curiously? Uh, most of the big ones, uh, Captain, Doctor, Absolute, Jameson. We're pretty fortunate. We sell a lot of good brands. So those are a lot of good brands. Dave's a big. Got to let a little bit fall off the truck while we're right behind you. Dave is more of a uh, <laughs> apple pucker type of guy, though. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you carry any of that apple pucker. You like the uh, the uh, butterscotch schnapps is another big one for Dave. So I remember no, that's talking cool. in the past about the Captain knockoff. You can't be drinking that now. Oh, that's right. That was the... Um, Which one? There's so that, many. No, it's the old Bacardi Oakley. But, I mean, so many yep, out there. You'll try to imitate the best. Yeah, what's it? Sailor yeah. Jerry. Sailor Jerry, that that's another one. Or Admiral Nelson. That's another <laughs> yes. real yes. popular one. Um, Amen. Yes. Well, we will... Captain Morgan will we'll, we'll put through the paperwork to make it the official uh, liquor of the High Stakes Fantasy Football <laughs> Hour just to make sure that uh, we can avoid any sort of confrontation uh, from you on that, Terry. So we definitely appreciate that. That's great. <laughs> Terry, okay, so first of all, congratulations on the 500 number eight title. And in my, you know, amazing amount of research, I looked up the people in your league. And this, you guys, this is a cornucopia of really good high-stakes players. So I'm going to call out to some of these guys. This isn't an insult, but, I mean, these are great players. Eric Hillensburg, Wicked Clowns, Jeff Gill, Josh Heyman. Former guest of the show. And so Josh's partner is uh, Gianmarco. Yep, right? yep. Um, Mark Piriano, Michigan Fanatic. Another former guest of the show. Scott McMunson, John Rosak, the champs. Yep. Alan Kleinerman, unknown as the Milkman, on the uh, 
Football Guys message boards. And by the way, speaking of Football Guys message boards, the milkman, I always see his post and I always kind of agree with him. So I always, I like it. Unlike, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Hank Moody. Hank Moody, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tejas is in that one. Yeah, Tejas Tejas Badewala. Tony Wilhelm and Matt Nespoli. Wow. That, That's an amazing that league. That is a star-studded like, league. By the way, so before I ask the question, I mean, do you like the league? Is your league really cool? If, you know, the guys are great? Yeah, it's been good, and it's been pretty steady. We've only turned over, like, one or two teams every year, which is which is great. Um, um, people aren't afraid to trade. They're a little bit harder to trade with because they, you know, know what's going on. But uh, it's, it's, it's fun to work out trades when everybody knows what's going on. Yeah, that's great. So this is your second top two finish in the last three years. So uh, what do you what have you been able to do to get this team competing and staying consistent at a championship level since 2014? Uh, pretty much been selling off picks and everything on my bench. So I'm not too deep, but I, you know, I'm not afraid to throw it out for the big big stars and the big point getters. So the, this is the Rick Road strategy. Yeah, it's the Rick Road strategy. And and Terry, uh, Glenn Lowy, who uh, we, we've had on this show before, but on the high stakes lowdown a couple of months ago, he was talking about how he runs his dynasties. And he said, look, elite talent over everything else. And he just prefers to fill in the cracks, do some patchwork stuff with the bench in the offseason, throughout the season, but just try to get as many of those elite talents as possible. Has that sort of been the, your similar strategy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I got some guys that nobody wants wants to touch with a ten foot pole, so I keep plugging them in. So <laughs> I guess it's kind of worked out. It def- definitely. Uh, listen, let's talk about a deal that uh, a trade that you made in mid November of 2016. Uh, you give up Tyreek Hill, Hunter Henry, Kenneth Dixon, and a third rounder uh, in this year's draft, uh, and then in exchange you get Jordan Reed, Tavon Austin, Matt Asiata. Tell us what made you decide to pull the trigger on that specific swap. Uh, you know, it kind of happens fast when somebody says, okay, maybe I would think about dealing this guy. It's, you know what? I don't mess around. I try to make as good as offers I can right off the bat, you know, let them know we're serious. I'm serious and we can get it done. And, you know, I just needed read. I figured would just put me over the edge and, uh, and lock up a pretty good year. Of course he didn't pan out so much in the playoffs, but, uh, he got me there and we'll, we'll roll with him this year too. Yeah, you still have Reed, definitely. So, speaking of that, so I want to talk a little bit about this trade with you giving up my boy, Tyreek Hill, at Balky, right? Yeah, I would say he's your boy. He's, on, he's, he's in your, your squadron of boys. <laughs> One of my boys, Tyreek yeah. Hill. So, you kept Jeremy Macklin on your team. You traded away Tyreek Hill. Um, do you think the Macklin has a bounce-back season for Kansas City this year? Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be anything great. You know, if we get 10 to, I can get 20, 10 to 12 out of him every week, that'd be great. Uh, with everybody else I got, you know, I had Hill off the free agent. Uh, I got him, had him for only like a week or two, and I it was like hot potato. And I think that's what pushed the deal over the top. So, you know, it really wasn't anything to do with Macklin other than nobody would take Macklin. So it was just kind of another chip. And I figured, well, you know, I can really get away with as many tight ends as I've had as only, only using two wide receivers. So uh, it's kind of my thinking in that. And to be fair with, to Terry, I mean, this was a mid-November deal. Tyree right. Hill was just kind of sort of emerging. So right. it's like, if it was like late December. He wasn't even one of your boys back then. He was not that's one not of my at, boys. Not at that point in the season he wasn't. No, because I still had, I had to trade for him in all these right. weeks. I was just too stupid to pick him up. <laughs> right. Uh, Terry, I, on this trade, this is a, a trio of, of young talent that you had given up with Hill, Henry, and Dixon. If you had the opportunity to uh, – 
to to do this to to do any you know changes to this deal would you have maybe second guess trading hill henry or, or dixon or or are you good with look i got reed he's an elite tight end i'm gonna take my chances with that yeah i think you know i would have liked to have hill now but you know looking back he really didn't you know have that many he had about four weeks over 15 points so you know you know i won it so uh you know, I think it was a good, good move. And, God, Dixon I had everywhere, so it was hard to let him go. But uh, I had a pretty good core, so I just went with it. Let's talk about Kenneth Dixon here uh, as long as we're on the subject because he was a guy that a lot of redraft uh, owners last year were very excited about Dixon coming back uh, and maybe, you know, with that preseason injury or early season injury, maybe really taking the reins of that Baltimore job. That really never came to be. Now you look at what Baltimore could do in the draft. Terry, as a guy who owns him in a lot of spots, are you nervous that Nixon might not be anything more than a handcuff after the NFL draft, or do you think that he has carved out a significant role in that Baltimore backfield? Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with him. And when I made the trade, I was on the fence with him then too. It's, yeah, I like to, you know, I think he can catch the ball. They like to toss it down to him. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you always hold your breath when the draft comes for every guy you have pushed aside. You know, one thing, Dave, that, that uh, Dixon has going for him, who, who's the playmaker on Baltimore right now? Oh, Steve Smith. Uh, yeah, not oh, him. He's retired. Oh, he's, oh, he's gone. I mean, like, if, like, okay, let me ask you this. Let me rephrase. If, if you're Bill Belichick and you're playing Baltimore, you want to take away their best weapon, who's their best weapon? You know, this might actually – this is a way to confuse Belichick. Don't have, any don't have anybody players. good. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, do do? what do you do now? <laughs> We're going to trot out all these average players. Yeah. And you know what? Baltimore probably win the game nine to eight. Yeah. Our team is all sixes. <laughs> That's funny. So, I mean, the, the opportunity is there for Dixon to uh, take control. We'll see what Baltimore does in the draft. I, I have a feeling that they will be addressing those skill positions uh, early. We're talking to Terry Simonson, the FFPC 500 number eight champion this past season. Let's talk about the rookies uh, this year, specifically the rookie receivers. This is a question uh, that we've been asking some of the guests over the last month as, uh, you know, the, I don't know how you'd say it, how you'd say it, the um, sort of description of the top three receivers has been sort of set in semi-stone. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross. They seem to be at a different level. But outside of those three receivers, Terry, is there anybody that you are intrigued by? Is there a favorite rookie receiver that does not, uh, that does not, uh, that is not in that uh, group of three there uh, that you think could be a, a very, very good player in FFPC Dynasty? Yeah, well, I've got to admit, I haven't done a lot of research yet. I'm a little behind. Uh, DFS baseball has been keeping me busy, but... You know, a couple of guys that stood out just doing a little research recently was was Godwin and uh, and Juju. They seem to be coveted, and you know, with those other three guys going early, those guys will fall down a little bit and maybe be a little bit better value, depending on where they go, of course. Now, I would say, like between Godwin and Smith Schuster, Dave, wouldn't you say that those guys are kind of like the second tier? Because every time we we bring that up. Those are the two names that we, I mean, we hear different yeah, names, they're like but the, they're the, always like the two, either the first guys mentioned or the only two guys mentioned. Taewon Taylor is kind of getting Yeah, he's, and, and uh, Zay Jones, Zay Jones yeah, bit. yeah. We're big Godwin fans. We are big Godwin fans. I think, I think Allen Robinson, I like Allen, he follows Allen Robinson, and then all the USC receivers have sucked. Even though I've told you I don't believe in that, 
I kind of believe it with the USC receivers. Really? Yeah, sort of. Is that the only one that you uh, believe it with? <laughs> Alabama running backs, Wisconsin running backs? Might be, he's bigger than all those other guys. Those other guys were all short guys. Like, Marquis Lee wasn't that big. Robert Woods. I feel like every USC receiver that comes out is like six foot one ninety. And don't forget about that shrimp, Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, you know, this is, that's like in the 50s. You know, whatever. It's like forever ago, yeah. Bucky. Yeah, all right. Schuster is like, what do you see, 6'3", 215? I, I don't think he's 6'3", but I, I just like probably like 6'1", 6'2", 220, 215. All right. Does that sound right? I think that's right. Well, don't Google it because Lord knows when we've done that in the past, we get 18 different answers as, as to six, how big six, it is. 6'2", 216. All right, there you go. Ish. Which, which that seems about right. All right. Sorry about the, we're doing the height weight game like we were like at, normal. Right, Great America or Disney World here trying to. Or it. Noah's Ark in beautiful Wisconsin Dell. Yeah, there you go. Do they play that game <laughs> at all, Terry? Do they you try know, and get your weight? You get a free big doll? <laughs> Some slides you can't be too heavy. Otherwise, you can't go down, and you got to take one person yeah. off. So. Yeah, no, that's true. That's Listen, words to live by if you're ever going to water park there. Speaking of heavy, uh, your, your pick in the rookie dynasty draft is already at the bottom of the pool. It's 112. Who do you think is going to slide there for you that you'd be happy to take? Uh, you know, and that's the thing. I'm not afraid to trade that pick up, trade it and drop back, and maybe get a couple, you know, a second and a third, because you see I don't have many picks. So, you know, if I have to trade that to get some extra bullets, but, you know, tight end heavy league, you know, if Ingram would be there, I would, that would be ecstatic. Or maybe Samaji Perrine or, you know, I don't know if Godwin will slip that far yet anymore or not. But those are the kind of guys I'm eyeing, but I have no problem falling back and trying to pick up some extra picks. It's kind of what I've done the last couple of years because I go in with not very many. How would you, I, you know, I, I – we can bring up the top five tight ends again because uh, we, we, we're not doing it justice on this show. <laughs> it's a show about uh, a high-stakes uh, fantasy game uh, that um, awards uh, tight end premium scoring, and we never talk about the tight ends enough. But, Terry, between Njoku and Howard and Engram, Hodges, Everett, um, is Engram your number three? Is he number two ahead of Njoku? I mean, if you had your druthers, would it be Howard? How would you rank your top three tight ends uh, you know, in your order of preference that you would hope that they would fall to you if in a, you know, in a perfect scenario. Yeah. I, yeah. I think with, with, uh, Ingram number three, you know, they get snatched up so quick. I've had pretty good luck the last two drafts get with ASJ who I traded away. And then I had Hunter Henry, obviously I traded away last year. So, you know, we stick with tight end, you know, if I stick with the tight end at that spot, it usually works out pretty well to, you know, they hold their value if you will. Um, you're but you're no, essentially towards Ingram. You're essentially Terry, a tight end flipper. <laughs> yes, I am <laughs> guilty as, <laughs> and it seemed to work you out. Know, Hunter you, Henry might be good, but it might take a couple of years yet if uh, yeah. Gates keeps playing the timeless wonder. Yeah, Gates will be playing for three more years. Why, why isn't Antonio Gates being drug tested like every week? By the way, <laughs> as long as he's as long as he's well, alive and playing. Farrell knows Gates. He's clean. Oh, he does? Yeah, Farrell. I didn't know that. <laughs> he knows Antonio. Farrell Elliott, the Kentucky Fantasy Football yeah, State Championship Gates Commissioner. Is all good. How did he meet him? Who the hell knows? Through a friend? Farrell talks to everybody. Yeah, that's true. You want to go to a, hey, if you're going to go to a bar to meet with ladies, go with Farrell. He's got white hair that's like this white afro. He's a white guy. Right. White, white gray, white gray, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He'll just talk to anybody. Yeah. He's, this is my friend Eric Balkman yeah, over here. He's a great guy to talk to or to hang out with. Um, you know, Dave, I've also seen in the last couple of days um, Engram rising up in mocks to go at the late the uh, the latter part of the first round. 
first round anger going in. We could be seeing three tight ends not only going FFPC rookie drafts, we could see three tight ends going in the first round in the NFL draft. Interesting. I, you know, I have something to say about some tight ends, whether it's with Terry or we can well, wait, go, go ahead, go ahead and, and talk about it now as long as we're on the subject. Well, I was reading a Wall Street Journal article, and they were talking about how bad teams and bad uh, organizations draft players like safeties and tight ends early, that they should not be drafting them like, in the top ten. Not the first round necessarily, but like O.J. Howard or safeties, should not be getting drafted in the top 10. And they specifically mentioned the franchise prices of these guys because they're the least valued players from a franchise. Oh, interesting. So they're saying that safeties, you know, if you're going to draft a safety, there's still a chance he busts in the top 10 picks and you're going to pay him top 10 pick money. Yeah. Why are you doing that when a franchise level safety is going to be like, getting like quarterbacks, defensive ends, yeah, left cor- tackles, yeah, cor- exactly, something like exactly. that. So I, I thought that was actually a pretty rational and thoughtful uh, way to look at Who it. Who wrote it? Well, Some guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unlike the people at ESPN, I'm sure he's still employed we, uh, at the Wall Street Journal. Do you know I got fired by ESPN today? <laughs> oh, my God. I wasn't even employed there, and I got an email from <laughs> saying, we regret to inform you, Mr. Balkman, but your services will no longer be needed at ESPN. Stop sending us a resume. I don't even know. I was, no, I never sent them a resume, but somehow I get laid off. Uh, we will not uh, be laying off order, again. I think. Yeah, well, that could be. Listen, I've gotten several of those over the years, restraining orders, and uh, I, I would not be um, ab- above my um, intellect to not understand the difference between being fired and, and uh, getting a restraining order. Let's face it. I go through a half dozen of both of them every single year. Uh, Terry Simonson, the FFPC 500 number eight champion, is our guest tonight here. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about trading away these rookie picks uh, with Terry and how successful he's been at it. Uh, especially to get the championship last year. Uh, much more coming up. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, the high-stakes fantasy football hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The HSFF Hour rolls on here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak, joined tonight by Terry Simonson, the FFPC 500 number 8 Dynasty champion from last year. You can follow him on Twitter at T-S-I-M-Y. Terry, you know, it's interesting because everybody gets so excited. I mean, we, we're obviously, you know, we can't wait for the NFL draft. I know you're very excited uh, to see where some of these guys line up. And part of the reason for, as Dynasty Fantasy owners, we're very excited to see where these guys go because that will dictate a big part of that uh, is what's going to dictate where these guys go in our rookie drafts. So when mm-hmm. we get to this point in the season, we're very excited to have these rookie picks. We've coddled them and we've held them and, 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 you know, just petted them. So excited to have them all season long. Now we finally get to use them. But for you, my friend, it has worked out better for you to actually flip these picks for veterans, for future picks, um, to try to win now. And win now you have, you're, you're still lined up for, for a very successful uh, 2017 season as well. But you traded away your second, third, fourth round picks uh, from this coming draft. Is this something you like to do to ensure that you're getting the type of talent back, uh, talent that probably has a much uh, lower bust rate than rookies do, uh, rather than gambling on upside of, of uh, these first-year players that you would draft with those picks? Tell us a little bit about your strategy in swapping out those picks for players. No, definitely. I'll move them at, you know, no problem. It's, uh, it's nice. You know, I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't trade the blockbuster guys away, so what's the next best thing you to package up to throw in a second or throw in a third seconds, usually gone by about a month into the seat, you know, so that zone's usually gone pretty fast. So that one doesn't cost me any money for next year, but it's still, still pretty heavy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, give me, give me veterans. You can wait on the, on the rookies. 
You know, I try to, every time I get rid of a second, third, or fourth, I try to at least get, like, fifths and sixths so I can at least, you know, take shoot some bullets and see if I, you know, I get anything. You know what else is interesting, too, Terry, and, and I don't know if, if you've ever felt like this, but sometimes when I have, this mostly affects my first-round picks and my second-round picks, but when I have those picks and I select a player and they don't start off too hot, and then the word bust is being tossed around halfway through the season, after the first season, and these guys are losing value. Sometimes I feel like the smarter thing to do is to cut bait and just you know, go a different direction with that roster spot. But because I sunk a first-round pick or a high second-round pick in these guys, and I'm thinking of guys like Kevin White, Laquan Treadwell, guys like that. You drafted Treadwell? No, I'm saying just you know, in, right. in general. Sorry, um, sorry. So, but you look at those guys – and sometimes I feel like it can really hamstring your squad to have these underperforming rookies on. Whereas if you trade them for a veteran, yeah, you, like I have punches hanging around, you are who or they are who you thought they were, and you can you can kind of roll that way. And and sometimes I think even if you're trying to set your team up for future success with younger players, it can kind of hamstring you and bite you in the ass. Uh, don't don't uh, don't you think so, Terry? Terry? You know, question. yeah, it is a question. <laughs> the, the fewer decisions I have to make on lineup game day, the better. So if I have a light bench, I'm all right with it. I'll go with with guys and plug in a couple of veterans. But the fewer decisions I make on game day, the, the better I seem to do. All right, you know what, crystal ball time, Terry. And actually, you know yeah. what, I'm going to make a prediction. It's going right. against my own. I got five on it, but I'm going to say that I think the Packers draft Dalvin Cook. Okay. We're gonna, no, we're going to make – and I got five on it on this. Okay? I'm not going to bet you – you better give me some – I will be, give you odds. All right. Okay, because I don't believe – hold on. Let's do it right now. I don't believe Dalvin Cook will go to the Packers in the first round. Okay. okay. That, that is how I'm going to phrase it. What sort of odds would it take for you? Ten to one. Oh, my God. Ten to one for a team that's starting Ty Montgomery right now? <laughs> Why don't we talk about this after Terry's Fine, news? we'll get into it later because you need to really get back to reality. To one. Welcome back to Planet Terry, Earth. How do you – I mean, yeah. <laughs> How do you see the touches in the Packers' backfield being split up for 2017? Let's assume that we know Dalvin Cook's going to get picked by him. But let's assume he doesn't. Ten to one. I mean, come <laughs> on. Yeah, no, they definitely need to draft a running back. Uh, I don't know if Montgomery can make it through the year. You know, they throw the ball so much, though. You know, he could he could get more snaps. It, you know, no one ever knows what Teddy Thompson's thinking. So it's hard to know if he's going to wait in the weeds or, or – go right for it or trade up and get somebody running back. But, uh, you know, Montgomery will be serviceable and uh, they keep him on the move. Maybe not as much in the, between the tackles, you know, a, a lot of dump offs, a lot of screens, you know, the usual, then bring in the big fullback and, and steal some touchdown carries. Yeah, you just never know what Ted's going to do, but it sure would be nice if he went and got a Delvin cook or, or some along those lines. What about Mixon? Think you take Jackson at the end of the first? Green Bay doesn't care, right? Terry, I mean, like it's owned by these shareholders, these full shareholders. Like these people have no voting rights. Full holders, full holders. No, I agree. Bang holders. Yeah. You think that every year, but man, he just he won't pull the trigger on the trouble the troubled guys. But Mixon would be great. That would be that would be a steal at the end of the first. Terry, who do you think is more troubled, actually, Mixon or Delvin? I'm not trying to dog on Delvin Cook. I'm just saying Delvin Cook's got you're a bunch dogging, of... You're dogging on me through Delvin Cook. That's what you're doing right <laughs> it's now. It's like a passive-aggressive question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Delvin Cook's got hey, some hey let, let me ask you something, Terry. Polish guys. I mean, <laughs> who the hell needs them, right? 
right, go ahead. <laughs> Cook's had some issues. He went to Florida State. Balky's a Florida State fan. I, I mean, I'm not going to infer too much about that into the character of people who like Florida State players. But so tell me a little bit about what you think is Mixon or Dalvin Cook, who has more of a personality issue. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I think that the deal breaker would be the shoulder on, on Delvin Cook. Cause I just, Teddy, I think he's a little gun-shy after a couple of defensive ends that in the first and second round that didn't, didn't, didn't pan out. So I don't see him taking Delvin Cook with any sort of shoulder injury, any shoulder problem. I think he'd pass at that point. All right, so you, go you know, that, that's, that's the thing is that you'd have if, – if Thompson selected um, – Dalvin Cook for Green Bay, you just every week would be like, well, let's hope Dalvin Cook's shoulder is good enough and Ty Montgomery's sickle cell trade is good enough. And if one of them can't go, hopefully the other guy's injury will be. I mean, just you're setting, no doubt. You're, yeah, you're setting yourself up for, um, uh, you know, to, to have the same problems you did in 2016 if, if you did that. So I remember no a couple, like maybe a month ago, Dave, Christian McCaffrey was being mocked to the Green Bay Packers at, yeah. at 29. No laughing. <laughs> just, I'm un- laughing. Unless you're what's his name from the football guys. Ron Meyer. No, oh. no, from the football guys board that you were talking about. Right, Hank Moody. Hank he's Moody. Here. Yeah, Hank Moody was probably Hank's, even Even Hank's on board at this point. He's already, he's like, he's trying to trade up to the 102. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Terry, let's, uh, Terry Simonson, our, our guest tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer. He won the 500 number eight FFPC Dynasty League last year. He's finished in the top two uh, twice in the last uh, three years. A couple of emails for you tonight, Terry. Uh, first one is from Jim in Yukaipa. Yukaipa? I think it's Yukaipa, California. Hi, Terry. As a Dynasty owner, what is the most intriguing situation that you will be looking at when you watch the draft this weekend? That is from Jim in Yukaipa, California. Thank you so much for the email, Jim. So, Terry, you look at um, the draft. There are some glaring holes uh, at skill positions uh, for several NFL teams. What's the one that uh, you'll be paying closest attention to to see how they fill it either on day one or day two? Well, as a fan, of course, it's always the Packers pick first. But, uh, you know, dynasty-wise, it, it's like every year you just see where those running backs end up. And, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of picks. So, uh, you know, just kind of keep an eye on where the, where the running backs end up. And the best I can say, I guess, uh, nothing sticks out. You know, I, I'm pretty much set on quarterback. So in wide receivers, you know, running backs and wide receivers are where they end up. That's just just take it all in, look at big picture, and uh, just you know sit back and hope the Packers take Mixon. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> you know, you brought this up on the show a couple of times. Sometimes it's not about you know we, we look at where the holes are that we see um, for these NFL teams, where where there is an opportunity for fantasy goodness. But NFL teams don't always see the same holes. They don't always see the the, the opportunity for fantasy that we do. And you've said like, look, it doesn't really matter where we see the holes. It matters where these teams view their holes are and what they do in the first round. If they go out and grab a running back in the first round, even if they don't necessarily have a, a glaring opening for a starter there, we need to pay attention to that guy. If a perfect they, example is the Leonte crew last year. Yeah. Oh wait, that's a bad example. Cause he sucked. Right. But actually the, if he had done anything, that was a perfect example. They didn't really need him. They traded up to get him, but obviously it was just a bad, another pick. sucky example. Tyler Lockett. See, but, it's, but, but the point being, <laughs> yeah, these, these teams think they need these players. The great thing about it is when, if these teams do trade up to, to get a certain player, if they do sink a high draft pick in, it, again, it doesn't necessarily matter. Our, 
our valuation of these players is much there's much less emphasis on it than what these NFL teams do because they're the ones making decisions. I mean, even if we think this guy sucks, if this team puts this many resources into him or this high of a pick into him, that means they're going to give him a long leash. This guy's going to give, be given an, an incredible opportunity to succeed. Whereas the flip side of that is maybe we really like a guy and he slips to the third or fourth round. No matter how much you like him, you have to downgrade him in, in your rankings because right. the team that got him clearly did not think of him as a first round or a second round or even an early third and round neither pick. Did the other teams and the not, neither did the other teams in the NFL. So I think Especially once he's in the fourth round. Fourth round is like dangerous. That's zone. day three. So like days one and two, those are the big days. And then three is just kind of like whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> Some of those guys are just fine. Yeah, Tom Brady. Jordan Howard. Them. Jordan Howard. He, everyone loves him. Just garbage. Just, just worthless. I blew it. We're, all right. Greg and Coral yeah. Gables, Florida. Uh, hey, oh, Terry. Miami. Just to add, just to add uh, on yeah, it that. Is. You, just to add on that, you know, the way I run my teams, I'm more nervous at free agent time with those guys moving around than draft time because I just don't have a lot of picks. I got a lot of veterans. So, you know, like a one win this year was DJX, I think, going to Tampa for me. So, you know, like I said, free agency is sometimes a little bit more nerve wracking than the actual draft. That's true, actually. Especially yeah. if you have the veterans, like you know, oh, where's Torrey Smith going? Where's Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, going? yeah, totally. Or, or how does like the guys on those teams? How does it affect? Or you know, like Jamal Charles. I mean, he's still just chilling. You know, trying to post I, Instagram I, videos. Like, hey man, I'm good. And then eight gets signed by the Saints. I, I was reading an article on on CBS Sports Day, and the headline was uh, Charles being linked to Packers. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, and like the 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 source. That they used was for agent? no, no, it was some guy <laughs> being interviewed on like a podcast for a blog um, or That's something. That's worse than us. And and he just was rattling <laughs> off a bunch of teams that Jamal Charles could go to, and the Packers is among like seven or eight teams. <laughs> and the headline: Packers linked to Jamal Charles. Like this is like the weakest link ever. Goodbye. We should try. We should try and start a draft rumor. I think Tupacker wants to start one about McCaffrey having a diluted no, sample. It's too high level. We need like a crappier guy. I, I don't want to ruin a crappy guy's career. And let's face it, we have the resources to do it on this crappy oh, I'm podcast. I'm sure we do. Terry, uh, what, one more email here for you uh, tonight. It's from uh, Greg in Coral Gables, Florida. He writes, uh, hey, Terry, how active are you as far as trading goes? Do you initiate a lot of offers, or do you happen to be doing more rejecting and countering? Congrats on the FFPC success, Greg in Coral Gables, Florida. I know for me, Terry, uh, unless I'm – engaged in a discussion where I can tell there's mutual interest between me and the other, um, uh, you know, player. Could, yeah. Competitor. I'm like, I'm just thinking about like, God, that sounds like how my dating approach back in the day. Yeah, like, you're, were you like the hot girl? Or you're like, get lost. Yeah, now. no, no. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't like to waste my time with too. Really? I will initiate, but I don't like to waste my time with too many of them. But once I see that there's mutual interest, let's pound it out. <laughs> What the hell are you talking yeah, about? Terry, please talk. It's, it's the same thing with dating as it is for, <laughs> oh for Dynasty trading. Terry, what's your, porno. what's your philosophy Dynasty porno? What's your no, philosophy you know, on that? I will throw out – I'll go through I'll, – you know, I'll set some time apart, and I'll sit down, and I'll go through people's rosters on the trade page, and I'll send out – you know, I might pick a guy that I like, and I'll send the offers out. You know, I happen to end up with a lot of guys people don't want, so I guess which is good because some of the best moves i made are ones that people have denied. Uh, trades they've denied, but I will I will send offers out. You know, in this league, it's it's you know there's not a lot of a lot of that. But uh, you know if if you know someone all of a sudden puts their you know not that they put the guard down, but you know like Jordan Reed, you know so you know I 
we'll I'll just send offers and I'll, like I said, when I do it, I don't mess around and lowball. It's as close to the deals I want to be, and, and 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 you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, I I think people appreciate that too. Yeah. Because when, when you get an email offer, you're like, oh, a trade offer, you're like, oh, yeah. another sucky. Well, like, and people always like to say, like, oh, I, you know, this is just an opening offer. Uh, our producer, Rob, does this a lot. This is just an opening offer. And, like, Rob no, is the king of maybe, crappy Maybe he offers. accepts it. He probably won't, but at least he'll get the discussion going. I see these offers. That, that is the quickest way for the discussion to end yeah, before like, it even starts. True. Like, look, if this is what you're going to – it's ridiculous. You know, like, let's give me a serious offer. We'll work from there, and either it's going to work or it's not. But we will save time. Right. You know, it's valuable. We don't have a lot of it. Let's not piss around with, hey, I, I want to trade my fourth round pick for, um, you know, um, uh, you know, somebody good. Jordan Howard. Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> Isaiah Crowell. A great stud like Crowell. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think it's just common courtesy to your league mates and, and you want to be able to, um, you know, keep these trade lines open in the future. So and this is a, a quick way to... Uh, so to, that, to, be, to be besmirched with the scarlet letter of the trading <laughs> and to, then, to do something like so that. You, do you ever send lowball offers to, to follow up on that at all, Terry? Uh, no, not really. Um, it's, it's just kind of a waste of time. If, if, if I don't know what they want, I'll, I'll email and be like, any interest in moving this guy? You know, what's it going to take? You know, instead of sending an offer that's, you know, watch, I, you know, I may not think it's bad, but he might think, what the heck is he thinking? You know, if if we're nowhere near, some most of these guys have dealt with a few times. They'll say I have a pretty good idea of where they stand. You know, no, I don't think that does any good. If if you're going to send a lowball, just send them an email and say, hey, you know, what's it going to take? Are you interested or not in moving that guy? That's interesting. That's pretty. So he's uses more of a rifle type approach, right? So okay, if you're trying to get rid of a player, like I use a shotgun approach to get rid of a player if I don't want him anymore. Like uh, let's mm-hmm. say Alshon Jeffrey, I don't want him. I'll just throw out like a bunch of offers to like 11 teams that are kind of somewhat similar in scope or value, whether it's for rookie picks or whatever. Do you do that ever or not really? Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's a handful of guys. I guess you kind of look at what you think their needs are. And if they're anywhere in the ballpark of needing, you know, if you're moving Alshon, they, you know, if they're interested in a, in a wide receiver, then yeah, send it, you know, but yeah, I try to be a little bit more concentrated. Or, you know, a lot of times our message board's pretty good in this league. You know, people come right out and say, look, I'm moving these three guys. It's going to take, you know, a first round, a second round, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's pretty straightforward nice. league. So I guess it's pretty fortunate in this league. You know, oh, some of the other leagues I'm in, not so much. Why am I not in leagues like this, Balky? Uh, because <laughs> you cannot play in FFPG. I know, I'm just saying, you know, I'm in a couple of private leagues and yeah. whatever. Anyway. With some of these people that play in FFPG. <laughs> not these people. Right, yeah. Not these people. <laughs> well, you know who's in this one. Start up a private league with these guys. Well, you know, yeah. this, this is their FFPC customers. I'm, I feel well, like that's I'm, a good point, yeah. Alex may not care for that. Yeah, he, well, he doesn't. I'm trying to start a side dynasty yeah. business of yeah. some sort. Just, just with myself watch. so I can play more. <laughs> the Dizzle Fantasy Football. Right. The FFDC. Fantasy Football Dizzle Championship. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's like a Greg Ambrosius joke in there. All right, about. moving on then. <laughs> Terry, I don't want to get into that. Give us a rookie. Final question. Give us a rookie that you think will be a dynasty bust and another rookie that will end up having big value as an FFPC second or third round dynasty rookie draft pick. So I know I should be a little bit better prepared for the day before the draft podcast, 
But yes. bust, I just keep looking. Yes, I should be. But bust, I keep <laughs> looking for. Don't see too much. But I said, well, come up with two value picks. And, of course, everybody's come up with uh, Smith-Schuster, right? He was great under Kessler in 15 and then, you know, suffered with Darnold. But also, I, you know, it seems to be a lot of people talking up uh, Samaji parents. So, I, you know, those two guys, I think, you know, uh, something, especially where I'm picking, that might be, I might get some value out of that. Yeah, I think that I, I would say there's probably a, a more than 50% chance that at least one of those guys is, is there at 112. I think, think so. Dave? Yeah, yeah, I do. With the tight end class, for yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe the, the first five picks will all be tight ends in the FFPC. <laughs> with the draft this year. With the 105, Bucky Hodges, the 106, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. Hey, listen, Terry, it was uh, quite a pleasure having you on the show tonight. I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, sit and chat with us about your dynasty philosophy. Congrats on uh, all the success you've already had. Uh, best of luck to you in the future. And uh, we'll have to uh, make it down to Wisconsin Dells and tip back a few. Captain Morgan's, of course. Absolutely. Uh, the best rum on the planet. The official spiced rum. <laughs> of the high stakes fantasy football hour. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on, man. Enjoy the NFL draft. Hey, thanks guys. Have a good night. Terry Simonson, the FFPC 500 number eight champion and follow him on Twitter at T S I M Y. Uh, yeah, what is it? T S I M Y. All right. I'm going to go follow him right now. Do that. You probably already are knowing how great you are on Twitter. Um, I'm, of, getting, I'm getting up there. I'm not quite to your level yet, Falcon. Yeah, whatever. You know, I just passed, uh, like a week ago, I passed 1,600 followers. and then oh, Did you buy my same thing? No, I didn't. <laughs> I do mine organically. Um, but then I dropped below. Whiskey peddler. Yeah. Um, I dropped below 1,600. I can't remember. I tweeted out something, and, and I, all of a sudden I lost like three followers when I was below 1,600, but I went back over 1,600 again today. So Probably one of your Hillary comments. What? I, you know, Hillary? This, this is so ridiculous that you just throw this, these political bullets at me. I never do it on the show, actually. No. I, we just, privately make jokes that Balky was a, a closet Hillary supporter. Yeah. Yes, jokes. <laughs> they, that may or may not be true. I have no idea. So I'm not... Like, Whatever. You're very non-committal politically, yeah. and good for you both. Yes, I'm not. I'm non-committal with everything. <laughs> my, my wife you and we're in middle of the road. You my, drive right down the center line. My wife and uh, two kids may not go home to him tonight. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where the wind takes me. I, I have. I have no idea. I have a feeling. Uh, what's going to happen? Uh, listen, I do know what's going to happen after the break. We are going to get into some NFL draft prop bets. We'll tell right. you. Uh, what side we're on, and we're going to make up some of our own. It's going to be a wacky, bonkers finish to this show. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and the Dizzle coming at you on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzik. We're broadcasting this show live on blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF tonight, Wednesday night. If you're listening to it, downloading it later, or uh, listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Listen, I, thanks for tuning in, but we're probably not offering anything of relevance because so much has happened over the last 48 hours. But you've been listening this long, so why turn it off now? Yeah, just keep going. You're not doing anything. Because now, you're gonna get, now you can really get to the part of where you can make fun of us because we're going to talk about draft prop bets. This is the first year that Vegas has offered these draft prop bets. Now, a lot of them weren't really specific to fantasy football. There's only a few of them. There's other ones like what's the – over under on how many SEC players get drafted, 
Um, yeah, that's the, a, the spread between offensive and defensive players drafted in the first round. Those are the ones that the Vegas Gaming Commission forces you to do. Like yeah. the, the sucky ones. Yeah. And, and we, we will get into three of the sucky ones. Um, but then I made up some. And we'll try, I made up some fake point spreads. I didn't put a whole lot of time into this. Oh, great. Uh, yes. But we can modify it. And I don't know if you want to make these all separate. I got five on sure, it. Sure, whatever. Separate ones? Or you just want yeah. to lump them all together? Yeah, two separate. How many you got? Like 10? Five. Yeah, 10. All right, fine. Who cares? Well, we'll see what we'll happens. Give me a big, big money. All right, so the for, first... For us. Yes. So, <laughs> so the first one... Oh, my kids are going to go to community college. Um, the first one is over, <laughs> over under three and a half quarterbacks taken in round one. So the over under is okay. three and a half. Do um, I just get to pick or do you want... What do you, you know, I don't... How about I'll pick one? Typically, and I've, pick I've okay, that's fine. Right. If, but we got we got to agree to it. I don't want to like if we're both on the same right. side, we're either right, moving the fine. spread okay, or we're fine. not doing. I'll anything. take under. Yeah, see, I would too. All I right, don't so see four quarterbacks going. Okay. In, oh, well, do you want to do four? I mean, it just end up being a push. Well, I mean, why don't or we do three, three. Excuse me, <laughs> four. No, <laughs> we'll take I'll under. take under four. Four higher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure, so three. So three, and then I'll take either way. That's three. You can then I'll, then I'll take. Well, okay, this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> now I just move the the spread. Um, the show can only go on for so long, both. All right, no, I would take the over at Fine. three. I'll is take, that cool? I guess I'll take the under. All right, I'm not. I feel like I'm getting. Rob, do not like play the drop. Or, well, I probably I feel like am. The three is like a lot. We don't have to do it then. No, let's do it. it. I'll okay. do it. I want to do it. Okay, next one. Over under, <laughs> two and a half running backs selected over. in round one. So you're saying over? Yeah. I will take the under on that one, my All friend. Right. All right. Eh, under. And we're not right. moving that. All right, here's a fun one. <laughs> After all, Cook's going to the Packers. <laughs> yes, in the third round. Um, <laughs> the uh, first kicker off the board, does it happen in rounds one through three, or does it happen in rounds four through seven? See, okay, this is a, this is a real prop. Okay, this is a real prop. This is so stupid <laughs> that they even offer this. I mean, this is like, if you, I lived in Vegas, I'd put like 20 grand on the four through seven. It's like the oh, dumbest bet. I'll take one through three. Fine. <laughs> 20 Perfect. grand? No, not 20 grand. I got five on it. You're taking one through three? Yes. We'll take one, two, three. Why? Who's the one in one, two, three? I don't know, but there's always some team out there that has this. No, there is not. Yes, there is. There was last year. That was the only time. It had not been done in a That's, long time. Listen, you have all these analytics guys out there know that under, understanding the importance of a kicker in the NFL. Wow. Somebody's going to do it. It's going to wow. happen. That's such a lot. Take the If you're, if you're a little bet this, that's a four through seven. And by the way, if no kicker or punter gets drafted in, in the draft, it's a it's a moot bet. The bet gets pushed, or you get it all. You if get if none of them, if yeah, there's no none, one, if no if no, it's kicker, not punter. It's oh, just kicker. If no just kicker is drafted in the draft. You get your money back. You don't even lose. Well, somebody's gonna get drafted. Not not every year, by the way. In case you haven't, I got five on a kicker being drafted somewhere. Then. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. Someone's probably gonna get drafted, like in the sixth round, or the like third every year. Maybe the second. Dude, you are so full of crap. Well, we'll find out this how full of crap, crap I am after you Friday will, night. Too. Exactly. All right. These now, people are laughing at you, laughing on Saturday. Ha ha ha! No kicker. Like ha ha ha! Gerzak, there's already four kickers off the board. <laughs> this is insane. That would be. Boy, Balky's so smart. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. These are the ones that I made up, right? Right. So Fournette versus McCaffrey. Who gets picked first? And the spread is five and a half spots for I'll, Fournette. I'll take McCaffrey though. Plus five and a half. All right. Do I you will, want to do that one? Oh yeah. Right. Fournette. It was probably a mistake. And I'll take Fournette minus five and a half. You're just maybe or maybe not because I mean if Fournette goes let's say to Carolina at eight, um, McCaffrey could go fifteen to the Colts or fourteen. Gotta, sorry, he might be all right. I just got to check my phone here, but 
at two packer hashtag diluted sample. <laughs> just he really wants to make this happen. Yeah. I gotta work together. I gotta retweet and like now. Good luck. To try to because I got a I got a stake in this. You're fifteen hundred people will make a difference. Receivers, who gets drafted first? Mike Williams minus four and a half or Corey Davis? Um All right, so it must have been a good spread. That is fairly it is fairly good. I, I feel like Williams is, is gonna get drafted first. Um Well that's why he has the you know, I'll take I'll take Davis. All right, I'll take Williams. Uh, that might be a losing bet by me. Well, I just made a losing bet with four nuts. Yeah, that's, so. that's okay. All right, so you can get the Mike Williams diluted sample tweet going. <laughs> anyway. Mike Williams, armed robbery. Um, <laughs> okay, here's another receiver one. Corey Davis or John Ross? Corey Davis minus .5. <laughs> I'll take Davis. All right, I'll take Ross. Oh, you're really hating on Ross. No, why would I? I just I mean, you're really hating on Davis. Oh, okay. okay. All, right. All right. And plus. Okay. Tight ends, Dave. Boy, we we're blowing through this faster than I thought we would. Good. But that's okay. That's right. We got we're some other. We got some other stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. I want to talk about the sickle cell trait. <laughs> great. OJ Howard. I have a real problem with it. Oh, you have it? No. Oh, okay. Do you know it happens to people from West Africa? Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. Have you ever heard of a white person having sickle cell trait? It does happen. I've, I've never really, really thought about it to that level. It's not a racial thing. I mean, it, it is a racial thing, but it's not like racist. <laughs> it's just that, unfortunately, the sickle cell trait happens to people from West Africa. My right. question is, don't they do blood testing at the combine so you can test for the sickle cell trait? I don't, th- I don't think they do do Why that. Why don't they? I, I think there's something in the, with the Players Association with the collective bargaining that they can't do blood testing at the combine. Oh, so you can be HIV positive. No one's going to know. No about one's going to know. That's ridiculous. Well, you're gonna pay someone fifty million dollars. Talk to Dave Murray Smith because he's the guy that you. Would... Hey, well, they, those guys do still have some leverage. Good for him. OJ Howard. So right. now we've talked about the sickle cell. Right. OJ Howard. <laughs> that took a minute. OJ Howard versus David and Joku. OJ Howard minus ten and a half. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ten and a half. You're, this is pretty good. All pretty right. Good handicap. Here. Yeah. Uh, until I'm way off on it. You but... know what? I'm gonna take the dog on this. You know the reason why? I'm really? Gonna I'm gonna take Njoku because. I want to see Howard get drafted, and then I can talk crap for the next 10 picks. You know what's funny? It'll be fun. Because It'll be more fun for the draft. Right. If you would have let me pick this one, I would have taken Howard. So we clearly okay, are. So that's cool. Yeah. Okay. That's so, going to be fun. Good job. Okay. Kareem Hunt. This is the same kicker thing. Will you know, he be drafted? Hunt draft- is actually a hyped up guy, like a secretly hyped up Toledo he, guy. He is being secretly hyped up. So this could be interesting. Does he get selected in rounds one through three or rounds four through seven? I'll say one through three. All right. I will say four through seven. All right. Good. This is, we're getting all, dude, this is a huge action year. I thought we were going to, you know, this would, yeah, whatever. This is the first year we're trying this. Okay, so Dalvin Cook, um, round one or two, we already actually bet on that earlier That's in the true. show. All so right. we can't, so, so yeah. we'll, we're not going to throw it out, but we will not bet on it again. Um, okay, but let's talk about this Dalvin Cook thing. Yes. Um, we were going to talk about. Um, By the way, these players probably know they have a sickle salt trade already when they're getting drafted. Really? Yeah, I'm sure they're well, aware of it. Why? How would they? Because they probably had blood tests. Oh. Is. Okay, and yeah, I guess you're right. So I would know like, if I had it, it's right? It's kind of like misrepresentation. I've never been to West Africa. But you, but you, you don't get, you don't catch it. It's not like you know getting a disease. Oh, it's like this isn't native like, to that. This isn't like outbreak. No, this is like a genetic disease that people that are oh. West, West African descent. Oh, yeah, I don't 25% have any. 25% of people that are from West Africa to, get this. To my knowledge, no West Africa you in my blood. You don't appear to, to have uh, West, any of West Africa yeah. in you. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. so you would be surprised. What was the Dalvin Cook bet that we were going to make when we were talking to Terry Simonson before? And you're like, oh, let's talk about it later. 
Oh, um, that he would get drafted specifically by the Packers. Oh, okay. Um, and you thought 10 to 1 was outrageous that I would put such a high number on, on something like that. Yeah, no, I don't, no, a I don't think. specific player to the specific no, team. In the first round, though. Yes. Okay, I, not overall. Yeah. Like I mean, they could trade up for him in the second round or something like that. So how's this? The Packers draft Dalvin Cook at any point in the first round. So if they trade up or down. Right, for right. All right, eight to one. Seven to one? Uh, seven, do we'll do seven to one. Okay. Yeah, so all right, fine. All right, so seven. Jesus, <laughs> this this could ruin the whole season right now for me. No, I, get I would, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Seven to one, he's anywhere in the first round. So they could trade a couple of spots down. And, take Cook. Yeah, he's going to take a lineman like he always does. You know, this guy. They love. He never takes running back. They love. Uh, they love drafting um, big people. That was the yeah. the, the overarching some, theme. Some big white uh, PJ, offensive lineman Watt, from a Big Ten school. What, that's what Ryan Ramchick. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's what he's going to take. Yeah. Or uh, or a guy from like a, an SEC school or a Pac-10 team that's a defensive tackle like those like those. right oh they love the Pac-10 oh Green yeah Bay does. oh USC tackle Pac-12 whatever it is now um, okay Zay Jones this one I may have we might have to move the line because I'm I'm feeling I'm looking at it right now I'm like God I shouldn't have said it there <laughs> Zay Jones um, where does he get drafted uh, before or after pick 35 and a half I would say after. Quite a yeah, bit. that's because I because I, like, I, I read some mocks today where he was going in the late first. I'd say I like fifty is about a good. Number. Yikes! Really? Yeah, I'd say so. Forty, forty-five, forty-five. Yeah, forty-five because that's like halfway through the second. Okay, which side would you want then? You would probably take after that. I might even I might take after, even though I like him. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I would take before. All right. On that. Okay. So Zay Jones. Yikes. See, Volkes, well, this is this, well. There's, well there's, hold on. Hold on. Forty-five and a half. Sure, so it's sure. we can't push on it. Not that see, we would. People can actually see, they can see the genius behind how we actually can collaborate if we really have to. Right. Yeah, this is, I hope I, this is just, I'm going to have to listen to this podcast I can be, I can again be because I'm, my, my chicken scratch is just <laughs> awful. It's amazing we don't make more dynasty trades with how agreeable we're being tonight. Well, we don't actually talk. We just send offers that insult each other. Yeah. Our team is fine, Paul. Okay. I think that, I think that's the last. All right, great. That is the last All one. Right, the show's over. Now, now hold on. Now, hold on. The show is not over. Oh, right. We've, we've, uh, we've talked about uh, a lot of rookie stuff tonight, and we kind of glossed over two things that happened officially this week um, with veterans. And I'll lead it off with Adrian Peterson signing with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Um, what do you make of his value, not necessarily for Dynasty, but for redraft? Um, in fact, specifically for redraft, let's not tell what AP dynasty value on the show, but his value in redraft leagues this year and how this affects Mark Ingram. What are your thoughts on, um, what you're doing with these guys in drafts? I think it's worse for Ingram, obviously, but I don't, I really don't put a lot of stock in AP's value. I don't know. I just don't, I'm not buying. You don't buy that New Orleans would be. They're kind of, the, kind of the same guy a little bit. I mean. Ingram's a little bit more of a pass catcher, right? Do you know how many passes he caught last year? Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I'm not. I'm just okay. hitting X on a Facebook post. <laughs> yes. Um, guess uh, how, Ingram? Yeah. Uh, 37? 46. That's pretty good. 46 actually. balls he caught last right. year, which is really which caught me off guard. Now, you're... Severus Cadet, did he join the Navy? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Cadet? Wouldn't it be Army? Whatever. Um, what was interesting to me, you remember Mark Ingram getting, getting kind of salty last year when Sean Payton would take him out near the goal line for Tim Hightower? Oh, you mean that a player had an issue with something Sean, like Sean Payton? Wow, that's weird. That like is this a is this a thing? Yes, it's a thing. Brandon Cooks, Jimmy Graham, now Mark I thought, Ingram. I thought Jimmy Graham. Everyone, 
Jim, Jimmy Graham was bothered by something else going on. The love right. triangle is still true. <laughs> right. But it's Sean Payton. Maybe Sean Payton's just an a-hole. Have well, we ever, okay. Has anyone ever considered that? Just because he looks like Malcolm in the middle, he might be a jerk. Maybe he, maybe he is. I don't know. But you look at what he did with Mark Ingram last year. Yeah. Could we see more of Adrian Peterson doing that role this year? They, they're paying him, I believe I read on Roto World, they're paying him three times more than what the Niners paid Tim Hightower who was last year's backup. So clearly they want to use him. Peterson is pretty good in short yardage situations. For sure. And, and let's face it, New Orleans, they score a lot of touchdowns. They do. But a lot of them are passing. I feel it's going to be, I feel it's going to be kind of a mess. So it's it's an avoid, it's an avoid for you right now in like in April, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an avoid for me. It's a very tough situation to handicap. I would still probably, if in dynasty, I'd lean towards trading for Ingram because he might be super cheap. Like you could probably deal like 27 years old, dude. Yeah, but that's, I mean, he might still be able to get a job somewhere else, even next year. I don't know. I mean, you're, I think you're so playing you, with fire. What would you, so you don't think he, you don't think he's worth like a late second? <sighs> if I could get Mark Ingram for a late second, even if would it was a late second, second this year, yeah. I'd rather have Ingram at that point. All right. So I, I would too. Yeah. And you might be able to get him for that. I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't, these guys who own Ingram can't expect like a mid first or late. He's not worth that. Anymore. I think people would. Then they're just dumb. They're, well, then they're, they're dumb, but they're that's the people we got to deal with. I own them in Pirates, uh, Pirates Swag. I think that's I'm not. I would not be unrealistic right. to expect like an, a first round pick for them. Um, let me let me just throw this at you. These guys are not exactly spring chickens. What would happen if one of them went down? Who? In, either Ingram or Peterson. All of a sudden, the other guy's the I think man. The other one becomes a high level RB two. A top fifteen back. Yeah. Okay. I think, but not. Nothing in the Elliott, David Johnson type range, okay. Le'Veon Bell type right. range. Maybe Fair maybe enough. a low on RB one. I mean, in, in a low juicy matchups, yeah. One RB one is not really a tough like bar to jump over. It's just not. I mean, Frank Gore's been doing it for years. Yeah, two hundred points or whatever it is. It's yeah. like it's really nothing. That's why McCaffrey is so enticing because it's like, oh, you can catch five passes in a game. Hey, sign me up. You're the yeah. number one pick. You know, yeah. that's like 10 points right there. And then everything else is a bonus. I want to say, uh, you know, I've ripped on Bill Belichick and the Patriots um, for many years because of how they treat their running backs for fantasy purposes. <laughs> I want to send them a heartfelt thank you this year. Now they've really done it for you? Yeah. They, cool. They've signed Rex Burkhead. They upped James White. They have Brandon Bolden. And now they signed Mike Gillisley. I want well, to thank Bolden's them. Gonna get cut. I want to thank them, Dave. For muddying it up so much that there is no reason that you should, in a redraft league, be paying any attention to any of these guys. You're taking no stabs. No. In, in a DE, sure. And I won't be that upset about it because those guys will have value at some point. Each one of those guys will have value at some point. And I won't have to worry about when I start them. But in redraft, screw that, man. I, I, give me somebody else that I, I can count on. And I can't count on any of those three guys for predicting when their big weeks are going to be. Yeah, it really is tough, actually. Cause I'm, I'm kind of taking Deion Lewis out of the equation a little bit, which may or may not be a mistake. Oh, Deion, I didn't even mention Deion Lewis, for God's sake. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking him out a little bit. I feel like he's the, the kind of the odd man out. So James White, to me, is kind of the pass-catching back. Gillis Lee is the goal line. Garrett he's the new Blount, yeah. And then Burkhead is like a what-the-hell guy. Yeah. I mean, like, he's the best of both of all. Maybe, of he's, all the, of maybe he's the new Woodhead. I mean, he could be. Yeah. I, I don't... It's so tough. Yeah, it is. I, tough. I do feel there's some value there at some point. I just don't know where it's at right now. I mean, if I had to pick one player right now, I feel like Burkhead is the most talented of the three backs, and then Gillisley after that. 
All right, that is going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen, our NFL Draft Preview Show. I want to thank Terry Simonson, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, uh, and, of course, you for tuning in on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so, so much. Uh, next week, we are back, 10, 9, oh, no, excuse me, 9, 8 Central. It is going to be an hour early for covering the Genesis and Revelations drafts. That's 9, 8 Central on Friday, the first uh, live redrafts we will have uh, broadcast right here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football. We'll get some player interviews, uh, drafter interviews on the show. That'll be a lot of fun. We're covering Genesis still? Yes, we are. Make your planet Hollywood reservations now. Sign up for the main event draft now with Satellites and Dynasty at MyFFPC.com. Scott Engel and the Fantasy Hall of Fame Hour is up next on Fantasy. Enjoy the draft. Your weekend, your draft weekend, starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound that engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and coffee tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switches like your DNA. The total record tonight. Ten, I got five on it. Holy crap. Including a seven to one. We've already hit the casino a day earlier. <laughs> we really have. I, you know, it's maybe that well Thursday night will be a, a good omen whether uh, how much I should invest into gambling <laughs> seeing how everything Playing works some out. Let it ride tomorrow. Yeah, well, you never know. Well, uh, I just look for a very fun weekend with some good company and hopefully uh, a fun draft. Enjoy it, everybody.